And good evening, and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Monday, July 18th, 2016. Welcome to the show, everybody, and I hope you're having a great summer. Hey, did you ever think about combining great food and great cooking with sex? Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight with our guest, Nancy Varsalone. She's going to be on in a few minutes, but we're going to talk about her book, Cooker Size, and uh, she's got a couple of other things she wants to talk to us about in terms of working out with your partner and uh, getting it on uh, and having a great meal at the same time. So she'll be calling us in a few and then we'll get right to the show. In the meantime, let's talk about uh, what's going on in our uh, crazy world today. As I mentioned, it's Monday, July 18th. I'm here in New York City broadcasting live, live from our Guys Guys studio in Harlem. And uh, it was a very, very warm day in New York. Uh, at the end of the day, we had a massive, surprising thunderstorm that we dearly needed, but we're right smack in the middle of July and it gets hot and sticky in New York city at this time of year, as I'm sure it does in Florida and lots of other places in New York. You know, we get it all. We get the cold, we get the hot, we get the clean, we get the dirty, we get it all here. And it's a crazy city. So let's talk about what's been going on. Uh, first of all, you've got the, uh, Republican event convention started today and there've already been some back and forth about, some of the folks were trying to dump Donald Trump, and he's got a lineup of entertainment speakers, including Scott Baio, <laughs> Don King, I think, is one of the speakers. His wife, I think, uh, Elena, speaks tonight, so it's going to be pretty interesting. The whole convention, you've got two candidates that a lot of people don't like, and there's no knight or princess in shining armor or a special gown coming through to rescue everybody. Everybody's like, well, I can't vote for Trump, so I'll hold my nose and vote for Hillary or anything for a change. At least he'll stir things up. And that's kind of the attitude of a lot of people out there. And that's kind of sad in the guy's guy's land where nobody's satisfied. It doesn't have to be that way, uh, but that's that's how people see it. You know, the media is a funny thing. Um, saw a couple of movies over the last 24 hours. I saw two movies. Uh, and it's interesting. One huge hit, made a ton of money, and it is a reflection of our media. It's called Deadpool. I reviewed it on Netflix with my wife. It was unbelievably over-the-top, violent, funny, a lot of great lines, graphic, sexually, violently, slicing people's heads off, putting swords through people, shooting people in the butt, everything you could imagine. It was just absolutely revolting. But it's a reflection of how uh, a lot of the kids' video games are, just ultra-violent, desensitizing kids, in my opinion. So when they see movies like that, it's just like part of what they expect. There were some funny lines in the movie. A lot of it was very funny. Ryan Reynolds did a great job. There'll probably be a sequel, and it made a ton of money. But my God. None of the characters are really likable, and it was just absolutely blood-curdlingly violent. And that's what, that's what sells these days. Then I saw another movie. and didn't make any money. Nobody knows about it. A great story, fantastic acting performances, and it's also a reflection of what's going on in our time. It's called Captain Fantastic, starring the great Viggo Morganson. And it's about a guy who kind of takes his family, a very educated guy. He and his wife take their family. They live off the grid. They raise a bunch of kids. The kids are brilliant. They get homeschooled. They get tested in how to, and taught how to you know, raise food, how to uh, survival skills, everything about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, etc. And then one thing leads to another, and they have to uh, kind of become integrated with uh, mainstream society and media. Uh, the media's influence, and uh, it's very heart heartbreaking and heartwarming story. Uh, I don't know why the movie, you know, my background's marketing and advertising, and I have no idea why they named this movie Captain Fantastic, because I couldn't make the connection anywhere in the movie. There was no character Captain Fantastic. 
There was not, never a mention of anything Captain Fantastic. There was nothing about comic book heroes like Captain Fantastic. A- and nobody used the term. So I have no idea. You know, when you're going to have an independent movie, you either want a very catchy title, which I'm not sure if Captain Fantastic is such catchy a title because it's misleading. It makes you think like it might be another superhero movie. Or maybe it was done with a wink, wink, wink. Uh, or you need to just tell viewer who's going to plunk down their 15 bucks or whatever, if they're going to see it in the theater, what the movie's about. Maybe it could have been called something as boring as off the grid. I don't know, but I mean, that's too boring, but too on the nose, but it was an excellent movie uh, with terrific performances. Frank Langella was in it. Who's always great. And Vigo is a terrific actor. If you haven't caught him in some of his other uh, films, The History of Violence and uh, Eastern Promises. And he was in the, uh, I think he was in the Lord of the Rings movies also. Anyhow, but two different, very different types of movies. And one made a lot of money and one will be gone from the theaters next week. So <laughs> take your choice. But that's what's happening out there. Um, what else is happening? Television. You know, I like a little dysfunction sometimes on my TV shows, just like anybody else. So my favorite show is Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan's a guy's guy. He gets himself into trouble all the time, but he does his best to do the right thing. He respects his family. His word is good for the most part. And uh, he is a real man in a lot of ways, flawed, but honest and authentic. Leave Schreiber plays uh, Ray Donovan. I think it's in its fourth season now, but it's just a terrific show. To me, it's kind of an a upside down version of the Sopranos, but it's about an Irish family who moved to LA and the lead character, Ray Donovan is a quote unquote, like a fixer. Rich people get into trouble. They have problems. They call Ray Donovan and uh, a lot of, a lot of underhanded stuff happens, but he's got a good heart and he is the glue to keep his dysfunctional family together. And if you haven't seen it, it's very good. And the storytelling is incredible. Last night, it was both intriguing and hilarious at the same time. There was one scene where Ray has to do karaoke to buy somebody's services. He has to do a Bob Seger song, We've Got Tonight. And it's just hilarious. Uh, so check it out. If you haven't seen Ray Donovan, it's worth your, worth your time. Pokemon Go. This is very interesting to me in that this is a brand. Nintendo was kind of a faltering brand, a Mortabund brand, and now it came back almost instantly with this product called Pokemon Go, which really takes the video game concept and puts it on your phone where you can do it anywhere, and you basically spot these Pokemon creatures who show up in real-life situations, and it's got a lot of these young kids out of the house only because they're playing Pokemon Go, but... It's, uh, it's a rage. It's instantly catapulted the Nintendo stock. It's going to be the beginning of a whole new wave of gaming. And some people are saying that the CIA is behind it because they're tracking people and luring people to certain areas because they want to find out about stuff using the uh, carrot, if you will, of the Pokemon characters because you get points when you spot them. And there's different characters have different amounts of interesting. So that's kind of what's going on out there. Let's talk a little bit about the Guys Guys brand. You know, the whole thing started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. People thought it was a dating guidebook. It's not. It's a novel, but it is about relationships. And the main character writes this column called The Guys Guys Guide to Love, where he gives a peek under the tent into the world of men, modern men, and how they think and what they do and how they act. It's been called the male sex in the city. But the two main characters, the two guys, you know, they don't sit around drinking cosmopolitans. It's a much different world for men, and it's seen through a men's lens, a male lens. And the book's for both women and men. And it's a lot of fun. It's gotten great reviews. If you want to support me, please pick up a copy. You can get the ebook or the physical book. Best place to probably buy it is on Amazon. It's a rom-com. And uh, I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. We've got a lot of products being built off of that under this foundation of the Guys Guys brand. And Guys Guys Radio is an offshoot of it. And we started Guys Guys Radio a few years ago 
and it was very focused on uh, relationships only. And we've opened that up. We do relationships and we do want to look at things through a male lens, but we've also had a lot of wellness guests on, spiritual guests, metaphysical guests, entertainers, sports fantasy people, and uh, it's really catching on. So I'm very pleased and I love doing the show. You can catch me and my blog on robertmanny.com. I do a weekly blog, uh, you know, about a thousand words. So one focused topic a week. I tweet and everything also. So you can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, where I've got a series of videos. And every podcast of Guys Guys Radio is available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and uh, Block Talk Radio, of course. So check us out. And uh, I thank all our listeners for being there with me on this, uh, on this journey, if you will, to help men and women be at their best so everybody can win. And that's what it's really all about. So let's talk a little bit about uh, tonight's show and our guest. Our guest is Nancy Varsalone. She's been a fitness expert for over 30 years, daughter of an Italian baker, and uh, she learned how to maneuver her way through the kitchen and uh, in the family business. She kind of, you know, learned, learned the ropes of cooking. And then she came up with this idea, this concept for this book, Cookercise, Cookercise, which was written after watching Emerald Lagazzi at a fresh market, carrying large bags of produce that could actually uh, resemble somebody lifting weights. So she's got this book that we have, uh, a new one called Intimate Entrees. And she's been featured, we're going to talk about both books tonight, but she's been featured in the Palm Beach Post. Uh, Channel 7 Style Files in Florida, Boca Raton Magazine, and uh, WPTV Smart Women and more. She speaks on topics such as food, health, and family. She's presented and taught cooker size in the classroom for students of all ages. She lives in Palm Beach, Florida, and I want to welcome her to the show now. Good evening, Nancy, and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. I can't hear you. Hello there. Okay, we can't hear Nancy, so I'm going to have to uh, hit her up on Facebook and see if we get her to call in. I'm not sure what her area code is, but let's see. On the line. She says on the line. Let me send her a note. Can you hear me, Nancy? Ask her to call back. In the meantime, we'll talk a little bit about uh, her book. So the book is basically broken out into a series of chapters about uh, food, recipes, and also uh, exercises that couples can do together. And uh, Nancy, uh, let's see, she's calling in now. Let's see if we get her this time. Good evening, Nancy. Hi, Robert. How are you? I'm great. I heard you say you couldn't hear me and I could hear you. It was one of those moments in life. Yeah, that happens with <laughs> Blog Talk Radio. It's always an adventure. You never know what's going to happen here. But glad you're on the show and thank you. Um, you know, I have to I want to tell the audience that I'm very pleased to have you on the show because, you know, sometimes people contact me. I get people through publicists, uh, et cetera. But I love it when somebody contacts me and says, hey, I have something that might be interesting to your audience. And they've basically been so buttoned up and so nice about it. And that's you. So I'm happy to have you on the show. And I'm interested in learning about your books and about you and introducing you to our audience. So thanks for being here, Nancy. Well, thank you for having me. I have to tell you, I'm very excited about your podcast and your radio. I've been listening. I think you're amazing, which is why I wrote to you. Oh, well, thank you very much. How would you find out about the show, just out of curiosity, the first time? Well, you know, I was looking through different um, areas to um, find ways to get my information to people. And mm-hmm. Guy's Guy, boy, this is the book, because it really, the information I have Anywhere from just wanting to be romantic to being in the doghouse, this covers mm-hmm. it all. And I thought this is a great format, and I, I appreciate the fact that you're reaching out to guys to find ways because, you know, we need more information. We, sometimes men need just a little help, and uh, there's so much information out there to have fun with. And this is a fun format and a fun book, and it's exactly why I wrote it. 
Well, it's great, and it's good because men need all the help they can get. And you know what? It's interesting. <laughs> that, uh, my my novel is, uh, you know, a lot of the guys who have read it, I get the most joy out of hearing from guys who are kind of guys, guys. And they write to me and say, wow, your book's really for us. You know, it's really, uh, I get it. You know, I totally relate to it. It was great. And I really, I'm so thrilled when I hear that. And women are much more open to reading novels. And if it's a rom-com, you know, the story is a love story at heart. And that's great. But you know what? I was thinking about this yesterday. I was out at a sushi place with my wife and my three-year-old son. And there was this guy, for some reason, he was right in my eyesight and he was looking over at me. And I was kind of watching him. And I think he was self-conscious because I was listening. He was telling this waitress, he's like, and tell the bartender that I want the glass, just chill the glass as cold as possible and then pour the vermouth in it and then pour the vermouth out of the glass and then put the vodka in it, the gray goose in it, and then make it as cold as possible. And, that, and, and then he looked over and realized I was watching him and he was like, uh, 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 uh. you know, I'm like, this is how guys are. It's like, it's like, it's, it's just so they know everybody, the men, they're so afraid. And I deal with it with friends uh, online and texting and this. Guys are so afraid of being wrong. They define themselves, particularly older guys, boomers. And I'm a boomer by their job, if they still have one, how much money they have or power. And that's it. And it's sad because that's not what it's all about. I mean, that's great. And our society is driven by money, as we know, and our culture is driven that way. But men need help because their consciousness is, and they know it, but they can't, you know, people can't, if you ever, you know, you're tweeting or doing something on Facebook, whatever, and every, any, if you ever comment on anybody's, anything they wrote, they get totally pissy right away uh, because that's just how it is. Everybody is so afraid so insecure and so afraid of being wrong. So anyhow, that's my but little rant. Can but I just, I'll, I'll give you a woman's secret. What we really want is the emotion. We want the touch. We want the power that comes from a man's soul. It's not mm-hmm. the shoes per se that they're always wearing. It's how they make us feel and how we make them feel. That's really the key. So being vulnerable for men, yes, I understand that. And that's why, too, I didn't put illustrations in my book. It, I know, it I know creates that. a situation, right? Mm-hmm. It makes mm-hmm. you talk to your spouse. It makes you talk to your significant other. It makes you figure it out together and to break those walls down and to actually get in there and communicate and have fun. And that's really what we want. You know, it's interesting um, with the male and female thing because, you know, in my many years in business, the more and more women got integrated on it. I found it uh, at first uncomfortable because we'd sit around and everybody had to have an opinion. And then the process became a lot more circumspect and slower and thoughtful. And frankly, I didn't like initially, initially I did not like reporting to women because it was, it was, it just, I wanted more decisiveness. And, um, but over time I realized that, you know, outside of the workplace, how society is managed, women do a much better job communicating, empathizing, nurturing, gathering, and being compassionate. And men are just like, problem, fix it. What's wrong? Fix it, which is great. And I like that in business because you get immediate immediate feedback. But, and the way guys are is, you know, if we're, if you don't hear us talk about stuff, that means everything's okay. The guy is a problem. You bring it up <laughs> and you get an answer. I was with my wife well, today. We were having lunch and she said, mm-hmm. you know, she asked me, what was, what was the uh, meaning? You know, what meaning did you get out of the movie? And I told her in like one sentence and that was it. And so she asked me again, I told her the same thing, like in a different way. And then she was like, that's it. And I'm like, well, how many ways can I say the same thing? This is what, this was my shorthand for what I got out of it. But men and women, even mm-hmm. they communicate differently also. Yeah, we're wired differently, Robert. We really are. And I think one of the things that women don't always understand is that we expect the men to understand us and to respond and act as we do. And when they don't, you know, all of a sudden we're in a tizzy and they don't understand me. And, you know, but so much more since I've written this book do I understand the male sensitivity of the male ego and the male and what he needs. Because before it was really about uh, what 
I was feeling or what women were feeling, and we are just so different. And there are different ways to reach each other. That's why in the book you pick a recipe, you pick a position, and you pick a touch. And it can be G-rated all the way up to what you want to take it, but it reflects the relationship, you know, in each of those areas. And we just have to understand that if you just open up, if men just open up a little bit, we are so there to just hold their hand and help guide them through. And not, and we not really judge. do want that. Right. Men are very defensive and they think they're going to get judged on everything because in most areas of society they are. So they're all like, they can never be wrong. Men have a problem being wrong, being perceived as wrong, saying they're sorry, all kinds of stuff like that. And you know what? Mm-hmm. It's so much easier. Once you start saying, I'm sorry, I messed up. Oh, life gets easy yeah. because we mess up. Everybody does every day. So there's nothing wrong with that because we're perfect in our imperfections. But let's talk about your right. book because, uh, we can kind of uh, let's pivot back. You have your first book was Cooker Size, Cooker Size, and then you came up with right. Intimate, the new one, Intimate Entrees, a cooking playbook for couples. So tell us a little bit about the inspiration and how the two books, the foundation for both books, and how they're different. Well, the original book, Cooker Size, the Cooking Workout, is geared toward an individual or toward a family. There's a fun family section in there. So let's say you're going to work shoulders or a particular area of the body. Children of of various ages can actually follow along, work the same area, but age-appropriate exercises. Or an individual could pick up the book and just follow the directions, and by the time they're done with a recipe, they've done an entire um, body area. They've done their warm-up, their cardio, their toning, their stretch and cool-down. In between, making a healthy meal, it is all in one. And again, as you were saying, it came from watching Emerald live one day. He was taking people to the market, and he had these heavy bags, and I said out loud, oh, well, you know, he should really cook while he's working out. And poof, I started writing that evening, and I wrote for seven months nonstop, three in the morning at stoplights, every breathing moment that I could have just poured out of me because I took my, all my years of personal training and being a teacher and I, no one has done this before, so I had to create this format of making this happen, and it was trial after trial after trial of bringing it down to how does the, you know, just a general person pick this up and actually do it. So that was mm-hmm. the inspiration, you know, in years of watching people just exercise and not get the diet right or just really get so frustrated and go in and out of all of these yo-yo diets. This is food right out of the supermarket. It is easy to do. It is easy to follow. So once I um, did the cooker size book, um, I'm always writing and always inspired by just couples going through different changes in their life. And I said, I really should write a book for couples. And Intimate Entrees, wow, that, that was really fun. It's really fun to do because you're taking two people, two different body styles, two different uh, ways of moving and you move together and not only do you move together then you create these foods that are known to be aphrodisiacs or they say they are that are delicious and simple to do you follow the directions you move with your partner and you just play that's why it's a couple's playbook so tell us a little bit about those top uh the way the book just for the sake of the audience the way the book's laid out is uh got a nice mm-hmm. different introduction it talks about the top aphrodisiac foods colors that Mm -hmm. affect our moods and health when it comes to food, which is very insightful, and then some positions and uh, then some recipes. So tell us how the uh, reader would use your book. Well, the reader can take the book and have a partner, you know, who can be a completely different size than they are. Some people feel that, well, how are we going to do this? You know, my husband's 200 pounds and I'm 5'2 and weigh 90 pounds. Well, what Mm -hmm. you do is when you choose the position, let's say you'll go through the book and you'll say, okay, we want to do this recipe. Initially, you will take the recipe, just look it over so you have an understanding as to what's going to happen. Prepare everything. You set everything out in the kitchen. Get everything ready to go. Have a station where you're going to work out that is not in proximity to any hot cooking or, God forbid, where you could, you know, um, be injured in the kitchen. It's interval training. So basically, while something is cooking you are moving and you're moving the whole time because when it's time for the next step of the preparation of the meal you Mm -hmm. go back to it together and you work it together you 
um, share the spatulas, you share the utensils, you share the touches, you know, you take turns in who's actually going to move the food around and how that's done. And then you go back to the workout and how you do that together, and depending where your hands are or where you choose to place your feet, uh, can change the routine completely. So is there any specific dress code that you recommend for uh, in the book? <laughs> well, you know, and that's so much fun because you can do it wearing your birthday suit or you can do it wearing loose clothing that allows mm-hmm. you to move and work with each other. Uh, but surely I would suggest wearing a little something so that you actually get to the meal as opposed to missing the, the entire preparation. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, exercise and the nutrition connection, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then and sex. Uh, tell us, in your view, how the three, those three things connect. So exercise, nutrition, and sex, how they kind of work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Well, body image is number one. I, and I've done this for 35 years. I've worked with couples and all individuals. If you do not like your body, you're not going to be comfortable having sex. It, you know, mm-hmm. the lights are going down or, you know, you don't want to be seen. Or, and that is so crucial. I mean, you really have to understand that exercise creates this strength and form that allows the self-esteem to come out without feeling good about your body. It's very difficult to have, I think, um, a sex life that is completely full. Now, you could be 200 pounds and love your body. Wonderful. You know, it just depends on how you feel about it. But as far as the health aspects, the nutrition, you are what you eat. The nutrition is going to dictate how you feel, not only how you feel about yourself, but how you feel in general. So if you add the exercise with nutrition, you're getting that complement of blending because we're not just one dimension. You know, we have to have the proper nutrition. We have to have the proper exercise. The body's meant to move. You know, we are not geared to sit and watch TV. The body was designed to push, pull, lift, bend. And, of course, through the years, we were losing that. We're definitely losing that. So how you feel about your body, how you move with it, how you move with your partner, um, how you feel, you know, having sex or being naked around your partner can really um, be inhibited if you're not working out. I mean, you have more strength and stamina and performance when you're working out. It's a whole different level mentally, physically, and emotionally. You know, and you take the nutrition that fuels that. Mm -hmm. You know, people eat nutritious foods. People are healthy. Food is nutritious. It's different. So you have to, you know, blend all of that. Talk to us a little about, in your point of view, um, you know, the aphrodisiac foods for, and if you if you bifurcate them between men and women, because as guys get older, their testosterone, you know, dwindles a little bit. And instead of, you know, getting a little bit of pharmaceutical help, I think a lot of men mm-hmm. could be fine if they, you know, if they manage their chi properly and that right. through proper diet and uh, nutrition as well as exercise. What are your thoughts on that? And then also for the ladies, because a lot of times, um, a lot of times, correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes with women, they have a couple of kids and stuff and their husband's surprised and like, how come you don't want to have as much you know, sex like we used to? And it's just, a, I don't know if the oxytocin is all focused on the child or, or what, but it's a different mm-hmm. ball game. And I think uh, there's no manual for when you get married and stuff, but I'm sure that happens a lot. So how, does, how, do, how do couples who are married uh, and aging uh, keep the, you know, I think your book's a great, uh, a great tool for this, but tell us a little bit about how food and choosing the right food and aphrodisiac food, et cetera, can enhance their sex drive. Well, here, sexuality. you know, really, right. What happens is whatever you put in is what your body and your brain have to work with. So when you put nutritious foods in, the brain starts functioning correctly. You know, when we are inundated with processed foods and GMOs and all of these other types of um, unhealthy um, things that we put in our body, our brain chemistry starts to change. And if you want to keep that at a healthy level, you have to feed it with the highest, most nutritionally sound properties that you can find. And that really does change your, your body chemistry. And when the chemistry changes, you know, then it's just a slippery 
slippery slope downhill. Um, the higher quality foods we put in, even though sometimes they're a little more expensive, is worth it in the long run. You're going to have longevity. You're going to have quality of life, which then affects your sex life. It affects how you're going to feel and how you're going to treat other people and gives you the endurance to get through the day. As far as people mm-hmm. aging, I'm, you know, loving this stage of life. Uh, where I am now, I have a grown son and I have a teenage daughter and literally just became a grandmother four months ago. Oh, congrats. You know, I'm, That's thank you so much, little girl Lola. So excited. Mm-hmm. I'm 5'2". I'm 102 pounds solid ready to go because I've spent 30 mm-hmm. years working toward it and I make conscious decisions. Now, people who are aging have to understand that you can change the quality of your health by changing your diet. It's not a set thing, oh, my God, I've eaten terribly for, you know, all of these years and now, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You can't go back and change it and, and go in there and make each meal a choice of health. And it's the big picture, you know. Listen, I'm a, like you said, I'm a baker's daughter and I love my sweets. Balance it. And you have to balance it. And what happens when we have families and we get married and we go from that romantic stage of dating into this family life is we lose our partner in the ways that we knew them before. Mm-hmm. You know, we make everything else and everybody else priority. We're stuck running around and, you know, getting what we can and trying to make everything happen. I think one of the biggest reasons why I wrote the book is I wanted people to have that connection again. I wanted them to have that time with just the two of them. You have to make time for each other, for your relationship, for your nutrition, for your exercise, and you have to not sabotage your partner. And I see it all the time. You know, they're going to get more fit. Oh, my God, somebody's going to find them more attractive. So if you work together and you exercise together Mm -hmm. and you have a partner in life, that will sustain and change how the family functions. And it goes right back to your number one relationship is with yourself and with your partner, and then the family can flourish around it. So let's not forget that. Let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned, I, um, you mentioned colors, how colors affect our mood and health as it pertains to food. And I thought that was really interesting. Could you give our audience a little bit of a top line on that? Absolutely. Well, colors affect our, our mood and our health. I mean, just think about it this way. Have you ever walked into a room that may be a blue room or a white room, or what, and it makes you feel a certain way. I mean, we are visual. And from that visualization and what we see, um, it sends certain energy, right, out, and it brings right. certain energy in. So colors definitely mm-hmm. affect how we feel. You know, red is energy and it's vitality. It's also associated with sexuality. You know, pink can provide a sense of uh, being cared for, you know, nurturing, um, nurturing love, mature love, aren't just stimulating. So when you think of that aspect and then you put it into your food or you choose foods that have that, now you're visually stimulated before you even start doing anything. Okay. Um, let's talk about a recipe or two in here. I'm just going to flip to uh, one of your pages here. Champagne shrimp. I'm a big shrimp eater. Talk to us about how you do this. You have a, the prep time, the cook time, then you, the area you want to work out. And then uh, what I love about this is not only do you have the recipe, you have an affirmation for each one of your recipes. So tell us a little bit about that. It's on page 58 and 59 is champagne shrimp and how you came up with the recipe and some of the other recipes. Well, how I come up with my recipes is I see what is actually there in the world. You know, I grew up in an Italian family with four different Italian families around us. We were eating pasta with everything. I mean, literally every vegetable you can imagine and rice Mm -hmm. and seafood and meats. And um, I was so fortunate to have that rich upbringing. And those people that I stood with and the women were in the kitchen and the kids were at the kids' table and the men were having wine. I'm from Italian background, too, so I totally get it. Right, you totally get it. So we Mm -hmm. learned. I mean, I had my aunts, my Italian aunts from Italy, who have now, uh, one is still alive, one passed on, sit me at the edge of a bed one day when I think I was eight or nine, and they told me about life. They really did. They sat there and told me about 
food and, and how to take care of your family and how to take care of your man. You may get all of these recipes, you know. So when I go to create a recipe, I think of what I was brought up with, what I enjoyed, what the, my clients talk about and, and what they enjoy out, and I try to bring it in so that you can, you know, not always have to go out and take the time together. So the champagne shrimp, oh, so yummy. I mean, it has the angel hair pasta, which is one of my favorites, and you can always yep. substitute, you know, the different pasta styles. You just have to understand it may take a little longer to cook. With the mushrooms and the scallions and the heavy cream, okay, there's only one cup, so you're going to work it off. I'm not so worried. Uh, and the a uh, little bit of salt and pepper to taste. You know, you take all of your ingredients, you put it out, you decide where you're going to work out together, which is in proximity to the kitchen. And then you follow the directions. It's really that simple. Um, In the directions is the workout. The workout is in the directions. So if you follow along, you're going to um, be able to finish it in no time flat and really not mess it up so much. Well, you've got uh, this one section here is uh, stretch, choose, touch. Uh, reach arms behind the back and interlock fingers, stretch arms away from the body, hold for 30 seconds. And the, mm-hmm. You know, it can get intimate. Yeah, I guess uh, one of the challenges that while the food's cooking and you're doing your exercise is that the food doesn't get burnt, so to speak, while you're heating up the kitchen. <laughs> it's so true. I always say if you get to the entree, it's a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the whole purpose is to have the sense of smell, have the sight where you're stimulated by these colors and these uh, foods, and then to have your partner there and share all of that with you. Now, if they're stretching their arms behind their back, you surely can go back there and assist and touch. Touch is so important. We can't even live without touch. I mean, it really is that energy exchange. You know all about energy, right, Robert? So, Uh I mean, it's that energy exchange. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite recipe? What do you like to eat and, uh, when you um, match that up with your exercise, your intimate? My intimate, what do I really like to eat? I tell fa- you, yeah. I have my favorite. I have an artichoke in my book, a recipe for an artichoke, stuffed artichoke, to die for. I happen to love the texture. I happen to love the stuffing of it. I happen to love biting it and pulling at it and savoring the stuffing. I happen to love how the smell, you know, just um, the aroma of the kitchen. And, um, yeah, you have to have different um, touches. You know, when we talk about touch and we talk about everything that's happening here, one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why I put touch in the recipe, Robert, was so that people can understand that you may not always know how your partner wants to be touched, and you have to tell them. You know, we just worked this area, right? We just worked this area. We did shoulders or legs, and they will massage the area that you just worked at the end of all of this, and you communicate what you need and how that feels. Um, But the artichoke is my favorite one, I think, for um, many reasons. I think it's a flower. You know, I see it as a flower, and mm-hmm. you, as you pull the leaves off, it's like unwrapping your partner, you know, when um, you're going through the stages of becoming intimate. And as you take a leaf off, you have something more to favor. That's share. That's nice. I like that. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions just about food in general and nutrition, if you don't mind. Um, your point mm-hmm. of view, you mentioned alkaline balance, and that's something that I – I'm not sure if uh, I think it's getting on the tips of people's tongues now, but it's like GMOs was five years ago. People weren't really talking about it. Now everybody knows what they are, but the alkaline balance in your body versus acidity is so important to health. And people are slowly but surely getting hip to the fact that chronic illness starts in the gut, whether it be Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, cancer, whatever. And I don't know if people are, are really aware of how to manage their alkaline. So what are your thoughts on that, Nancy? Well, you know, the saying is that disease cannot live in an alkaline system. If our immune system was working at 100%, no disease could actually live in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And we um, have acidic foods and we create acid in our body, and that's where disease really is promoted. 
So the more alkaline, let's say, the more balanced the system is, uh, the mm-hmm. calmer it is, the less susceptible we are to disease and ailments. And that's really, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a big point. People understand when they eat processed foods and they eat um, these these uh, genetically geared, engineered foods that it's changing the chemistry of our body. It's all about chemistry. I mean, other than uh, obviously sexuality and everything, right? So if you're putting alkaline foods into your body, and I'm more than happy to share a list with you of different alkaline foods, um, versus the acidic foods, you know, we are calming our bodies down. We are not meant for acidic foods. We are really meant to have a balance. And a couple of, just an example of acidic foods would be like fried foods and uh, processed foods and a lot of animal fats, like bacon is probably highly acidic. It sounds like you like bacon, Robert. (laughs) I I haven't eaten meat in eight years. Really? You're a vegetarian? Uh, Well, I'll I'll eat fish, but I haven't had meat in eight years. I'll never look back. I'll never go back to it. And I enjoyed it. And uh, I I did it for health reasons, and I went through a detox while I was uh, after I quit, and uh, kind of had to work that through my system, and that convinced me that I'm not going to go through this. I'm not going to yo-yo. I'm done. And uh, you know what? I found uh, by not eating meat. And I know you have a lot of wonderful meat recipes in the books, and all my friends eat meat and everything, but I don't miss it. And I have found substitutes that now over time are as satisfying as, as the meats were. So, and then I started getting, you know, on a moral standpoint, like, you know, we really don't have to kill these animals. We do it because we like the way they taste, (laughs) but it's not necessary. And so Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm off of it, but I don't judge, you know, people want, I understand it's hard to change your habits and stuff like that, but I really think it's made a huge difference in my energy level um and my strength level i have the same amount of muscle if not more without all the meat and everything and my body is not as taxed from breaking breaking down meat um but uh i totally i totally i totally understand people loving meat and organic meat and all of that but um uh, it's acidic right it is acidic and i have to tell you i spent the weekend with a vegan couple um, and it was amazing to see the types of recipes they were coming up with um, and how they cooked and how they prepared and how beautiful their skin looked and how shiny their eyes were and how they moved and how they felt. What a difference than our typical diet. And we mm-hmm. cooked together, and they were just so – they were in their 20s, early late 20s, early 30s, and um, they were just really so happy to be able to prepare the foods that they were. Now, her boyfriend was not a vegan, and over time, they've been together for a few years, she has helped him to understand that there is a different way of eating because, you know, we do mm-hmm. what we know, and when we know better, we do better. Sure. Right. And to watch them actually prepare the food, and like you were saying, you have more energy. Because food is energy, and whatever you're putting in is what you're going to feel. Um, and I think it's so important to understand there are different ways to eat. Absolutely. Now, how about uh, your point of view on sugar? Well, because I'm gonna we're gonna well, we're gonna we're gonna pivot back to desserts. But let's talk about sugar first, because <laughs> I, I I think that the, uh, something that people are not aware of that is a chronic illness. Uh, is candida and there's no people aren't getting tested for it people don't realize Mm it talk to us a little bit about sugar and your point of view and what you can share with the audience if anything about candida well i'm going to go back to uh what my father said when i was growing up you know he i grew up in three italian bakeries and sugar obviously was everywhere and he said to me years and years ago he said you know a little bit of the natural stuff will get you a lot farther than all of the processed stuff. And I think it's important to understand that you have to keep a balance, um, that having too much of anything can really throw the balance off. So when it comes to sugar, I mean, I have a little of the natural sugar as opposed to having all of these artificial substitutes that your body doesn't even know what to do with. 
I mean, we are geared to, okay, process a certain way. But sugar is everywhere, and it's everywhere in a way that I've never seen before. It is just, we are inundated, and it is causing a lot of our health issues. So what can, uh, what can the readers do? Let's talk a little bit about one of your, because, you know, everybody likes to have some sugar, and a treat is good now and then, but you don't want to overdo it, and there's a lot of hidden sugar. So talk to us about uh, that and also one of your desserts, your favorite dessert in the book. Oh, well, my rationale is this, portion control. Really, you know, I have a little of everything. I really do. And when I say a little, I really mean a little, like less than the palm of my hand. I may have a couple forks full of a carrot cake because I know that that has been a big uh, yummy in our our home. Mm -hmm. But I only do a little bit. So my body can process it. So it can actually go through and not create this imbalance and this uh, accumulation Right. If your body's not using what you're putting in, it's going to accumulate, and that's where we end up with a lot of problems. But um, I have to tell you, in the book, uh, the chocolate kisses—it's the whole. Re- it's just—it's so much fun because you have strawberries that are dipped in chocolate, mm, and yep, you have to spend t- mm-hmm. right. And you have this page 142, and you have to spend time kissing your partner. I think we've lost this art, Robert. It is. Especially as we get older, right? I mean, we, when you're true. young, it's, it's a big deal. As you get older, it's like kiss me goodnight, hey, kiss me hello. Um, right. But you know, I put time. I put down the total time for this recipe is as long as you like. I yep. mean, you create, you know, you dip the strawberries and you work with the chocolate and you have that sensation, and then you spend time kissing. Oh my God, I, it's, I'm getting excited just talking Love about it. it. So sorry. <laughs> Okay, one last area you talk about also is uh, affirmations. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but tell us a little bit about affirmations and why you feel they're important to uh, to this book and just in how we live in general. Because I'm a big believer in them because what you put out there, you know, once it's in your, you know, what you think you you become, so to speak. Absolutely. Well, you are who you think you are and you mm-hmm. are your words. And if your words, the word, you know, every thought has an action, every action has a feeling, and every feeling then becomes, you know, who we are. Yep. So it's so important to choose your words, and I thought it was important to have an affirmation in each recipe so that it, it reminds us that with all the negativity we have around us and we hear and we see to go back to affirming that there is good and that we are good and the feelings of good. All of those thoughts now become your feelings. So the affirmations, I think, were just an essential part of the recipe because you have everything else going on. Now you're going to affirm something positive, and it brings that to the relationship also. I, I just love that. And I came up with different affirmations so that people understand you can make up your own, but you what you say, what comes out of your mouth, what you put in your mouth, how you move and what you do, everything that you are affects everything around you. And the affirmations then bring you back to feeling good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question. Cannoli recipe. What's your, what was your dad's uh, secret (laughs) to making a good cannoli? Because there's so many bad cannolis. When you get a good cannoli, it's really out of this world. You know, that was his specialty, and I have to tell you, here I am growing up in this Italian bakery way back when, not so far back, back far enough, and my father was frying his own cannoli shells on the rack. Ah, crispy? So he would make, yeah, oh, crispy. you know, it's got to be crispy. It has that kind of look. I don't, I don't and like those soggy ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, no, they have, when you break them and you bite into it and you have this explosion of, the dough, he would make the dough. Obviously, everything was from scratch. And mm-hmm. then he would fry it by hand, each one of those, not like the, you know, we do today, mm-hmm. by hand. And he would make the cream and with the chocolate chips and everything. Everything was uh. from scratch. So, you know, good cannoli shell right then. You bite into it. You have that crisp and you have the cream and you have. Sweet and savory a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. And his secret was really 
taking the time, and he got a workout. I mean, the man had calves and forearms like I couldn't believe for his little stature because he was getting a workout while he was doing all of this. So um, good cannoli shell comes from good dough, and good dough comes from good recipes, and good recipes come from, you know, the stock of bringing it down generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well stated. So tell everybody, uh, Nancy, uh, about where they can find out more about you, uh, where they can mm-hmm. get the books, and what's coming up next for you. Well, um, nancyvarsalone.com will then take you to the website that has all the information about, um, I have events coming up where uh, couples are going, we're going to be holding actually several events where couples will come together 30 or 40 at a time and actually be doing intimate entrees. Uh, We we keep it uh, G or PG, you know, rated. Mm -hmm. But um, it shows also that when you come together that, you see everybody's mistakes and their vulnerabilities, and then you understand that we're just human and we're all just trying to make it happen. So if you um, go to the website, nancyvarsalone.com, it has the book for sale, the books for sale, and it also will give you um, ideas and information for upcoming events. Great. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much. I really uh, am thrilled that you contacted me. Happy to have you on the show and get the word out. And I encourage everybody to check out Nancy and her books and uh, just keep it going. So thanks for being our guest on Guys Guys Radio. Thank you so much, Robert. Such a pleasure. Take care. All right. Be well. Bye-bye. So, folks, that's our show, our special guest, Nancy Varsalone. And the book is, the new one is Intimate Entrees. And Cook or Size is her first book, and a very interesting, very nice lady, and uh, she's got some fun stuff in this book. I have it here, and I've gone through it, and it is a lot of fun, and tasty recipes, too. So uh, what's coming up? So next week, we're also, uh, you know, we've kind of moved the show around. We traditionally, throughout the year, do the show on Wednesdays, but this time uh, at year, because I've been traveling back and forth, we've been doing the shows on Mondays and Tuesdays. So next week, we're also on Monday. We've got uh, Elizabeth Joyce, the psychic, is going to be on, and she's a lot of fun. So I urge you to call in and ask her a question because she's got a point of view on everything, and she'll talk about the election, and, uh, and uh, she's, just, she's just a firecracker. So uh, I look forward to hearing from her again. And um, after that, we've got a couple of relationship experts, and then that later in August, we've got a fantasy football expert that's going to help the guys get ready for the drafts. And all I can say is, you know, for the guys out there, uh, anything we can do to kind of open you guys up uh, will help. And it's happened to me. And I've been on a journey and I'm, you know, just at the beginning of it. But I got to tell you, the more open minded we are, the less we define ourselves by our our jobs and our bank account. The better off we are as men. And that's why I like to say guys, guys, finish first. So have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.